When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the wonderful folks at Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app, plug in the promo code ATOZ. They'll match your first bet up to $250. Superbook.com for terms and conditions. And, of course, TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Now, SEC Media Days has prevented me from making it to my personal training sessions on Tuesdays and Thursdays this week, but I have gone every other Tuesday and Thursday for the last several months, and the results have been phenomenal. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free. So, uh, all the uh, all the different uh, situations that have arisen with the Titans, we know that the running back, here is has been a focal point for a variety of different conversations, right? Whether it's how much should you build an offense around a running back in 2023 or in modern day football, the Titans have been a flashpoint for that. The second, the value of a running back on a second contract is it worth the money when you have a running back? You're probably going to give him the kind of money that most tight ends get on second deals, and is that worth the value? Now, Derrick Henry has been. Um, a really, really impressive player. He has a very good case, um, you know, depending on how much longer his career lasts. He already has a compelling case to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Now, you know, to win more, uh, certainly in the postseason, would be a great benefit to his case. But statistically, there have been very, very few players in the history of this sport like Derek. Now, the rest of the running backs in the NFL with the evolution of the sport, teams, unlike the Titans, have largely moved on from building their offense specifically around a running back. And you've seen that pay great dividends, both in terms of efficiency, in terms of point scoring, pace of play. It's just better across the board if you can be more proficient with your passing game than with your rushing attack. It is not something that most NFL teams stick with to the degree that the Titans or the Browns or the Ravens, there's plenty of teams that run the football out there, and it doesn't make them wrong for doing so. Some of the best offenses in the sport, Kansas City, Cincinnati, they run the football really well, but there's a very good reason why. Teams fear their pass more than they fear crowding the box, and so if you can run out of three wide receiver sets as opposed to you know, goal line formations basically all the time, three tight end sets on the field or all the extra blockers that you need to just get Derek an extra ounce of space, then yeah, you can be a better offense on the whole. Now, I think uh, Maserati Max says it correctly. Henry is built differently mentally and physically. But even Derek, I mean, from the mental side of things, it took Derek a minute to get there, right? Derek was not Derek. He has not been Derek his entire career, like the Derek Henry that we all associate with the guy who I've just described as a very good candidate for the Pro Football Hall of Fame at some point, whenever it comes to an end. That that just really recently happened in 2019. So 
while there is a great sample size of Derek operating at this level, and while I do uh, admit that he has very much uh, done a great deal of work, both on the mental and on the physical, to be able to handle the kind of pressure, the kind of scrutiny that comes with being a very, very much one-punch offense, and you're the guy who is physically responsible every time for doing the punching. Um, it is going to be something that uh, it's going to be something that is fascinating to watch this year with the Tennessee Titans. But the running backs have taken a beating, both uh, literally and metaphorically speaking. And because of that, because of the devaluation of the position, guys like Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and last year's leading rusher Josh Jacobs uh, saw the de- deadline to get a long-term deal done with their respective franchises come and go without any movement. Uh, The tag has been something that has been a great tool for teams to use from a cost-effective standpoint. And the question that we're going to ask you, the two rivers for take, is fair or foul? The current running back marketplace at this point. Let me know, fair or foul, in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We're going to talk about it together. Uh, I'll give you my answer as well right after I remind you that Two Rivers Ford makes your Two Rivers Ford take possible. They are the best in the business, the best car buying experience that you can have is Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So as you look at the situation for all these running backs, why is the marketplace trending the way that it's trending? And is it fair or is it foul? Uh, Major Key says foul. Uh, Richie says foul. Mr. Jones says foul. Stacy Will says foul. They need more money. You know, uh, I, I'm surprised to see as many of you siding with the running backs, and maybe that's just a product of, of Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry, will, will we will read his tweet, his statement on the matter here in just a second. MB says foul. It's garbage. Running backs should restrict themselves to 10 to 12 carries per game. I mean, they're certainly not encouraging running backs to go out there and be bell cows the way that Derek has, right? Um, really, there's not a lot of players who do it at the rate that Derek Henry does. I mean, there's been very few players, again, in the history of the league that have done it beyond Derek. Um, Greg Macklock said, oh, come on. I don't know who Greg's talking to. So he had, uh, says we had DeMarco Murray and a head coach that would play vets beyond their usefulness. Um, oh, are you talking about Derek, the Derek Henry becoming – you know, taking a while? No. I mean, there was, Craig, uh, if you've forgotten the time that the Tennessee Titans, with Mike Vrabel as the head coach, chose to give David Flewellen snaps in a game against the New England Patriots at home over Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry wasn't operating in 2018 the way that they felt Derrick Henry needed to operate, uh, then you have a very, very short-term memory. That was under this current head coach who now can't get enough of Derrick Henry and whose biggest criticism from you all is that he uses Derrick Henry too much my understanding so yeah go back and watch that Patriots game that they ended up winning um that until David Flewellen got hurt Derrick Henry was really not a part of that game plan at that stage hell he was on the trading block uh John Robinson tried to get a second round pick for Derrick Henry that year so like let's not forget it's not been that long ago 2018 is is a little while ago but really not that long it is a long time in the career lifespan of a running back But again, Derrick Henry is certainly built different than a lot of his peers um, for a variety of different reasons. So why is the running back market taking the dip that it is? Uh, Ari Myrov of the 33rd team did a good job of kind of explaining it in layman's terms, but also with a background music that appears to be from the uh, movie Tron. 
really, when you look at this entire offseason, this has really been the trend for running backs throughout the offseason. These guys are not getting paid. They cannot get those long-term commitments that they are looking for, those multi-year deals where they'll be making $10-plus million per year. And when you look at it from a big-picture perspective, we've seen this offseason two running backs Aaron Jones and most recently Joe Mixon take multi-million dollar pay cuts to stay with their teams. We've seen Pro Bowl running backs like Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, and Leonard Fournette all get released, and they are all still currently a free agent. Um, we've seen Kareem Hunt be a free agent all season, all offseason, and still not get a deal up until right now. We've seen a player like Austin Eckler, who has been tremendous for the Chargers in the passing game and the running game, scoring many touchdowns, going into the final year of his contract, requesting a new deal, even getting permission to seek a trade, and no team stepping up to come and try to get him. This has been the theme for running backs, and we saw it continue today with these three running backs who think they deserve to get more money than what they were offered and the team is being reluctant to do so. When we spin this forward and look ahead to what could happen besides for these three players, we still have a couple of other players who are looking for new deals who are not franchise tagged and are still eligible to discuss new contracts and the two names to keep an eye on. One would be Jonathan Taylor with the Colts, who was an MVP candidate two years ago. Last year had a bit of a injury plagued year. He recently switched agents, in fact, and is looking to get a contract extension from the Colts. Of course, the Colts are ending a new era with quarterback Anthony Richardson. It would probably be best for everyone to have a weapon like Jonathan Taylor in the building and happy. But of course, he has seen what is going on with this running back market. The Colts and their general manager, Chris Ballard, has seen what is going on with this running back market and figuring out exactly the right um, middle ground for that type of a deal for a player coming off an injury. That will definitely be one to watch and very interesting to see what goes on there. The other is a running back who has had significant injuries throughout his NFL career so far. That is Baltimore Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins. Last year, when he was healthy near the back end of the season, he was one of the better running backs in the NFL. And there was some talk after um, voluntary minicamp that he did not necessarily participate because he is looking for a new contract. He is entering the final year of his deal. We will see if the Ravens are willing to do a deal for him. That one probably feels a little bit more unlikely considering the fact he has not played much. But when Dobbins has been on the field, he has proven to be a potentially star running back in this league do the ravens view it that way as well they've dished out some big money contracts in recent months with lamar jackson with roquan smith with odell beckham jr so it might be tough to pay a running back big time money i would be surprised if it gets done but that is another running back to keep an eye on as well but overall the running backs in the nfl it's been a bit of an issue for them to get the money that they are looking for when you look at the franchise tag numbers from several years ago to today the number has actually gone down while other positions like the quarterbacks and the receivers and the tight ends the offensive linemen and linebackers edge rushers all those positions have gone up the running back market has gone down and these running backs are frustrated. damn it bart <laughs> we have to figure out who who's going to bring me back from these things you or me <laughs> Damn it, Robert. <laughs> Just a troll. Anyway, that's Ari Myrov on the 33rd team. And yes, while his uh, his vocal variation is not the thing that's going to keep you paying attention to that clip, what 
he does lay out very well is why running backs are, unfortunately, in a no-win position. This is as bad uh, a situation as I can remember, really since, like, true blue big men started to get phased. I mean, I don't even want to say big men because, like, Jokic is the most – he's the best player in the sport right now. He's seven foot, and he doesn't jump. So I can't look at Nikola Jokic and say, well, big men in the NBA have been invalidated. It's not that the running back position is going away. It's just going to change, right? Kamara and McCaffrey are going to be the players that you pay because they can basically play an entire game in the slot and you not miss a beat, right? But they can also run between the tackles. Now, you're not going to find a ton of those dudes. Um, And we'll get into this a little more here in a second. We'll read more of your comments. Fair or foul, the current state of the running back market. Right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the Gary Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address. Without the stress, get the intel edge. You need to succeed from the Ashton team. Uh, Okay, so as you go through and evaluate the situation for the running backs at this stage, fair or foul is the question. Um, A lot of you had said foul tonight. A lot of you, uh, I understand your position. I certainly understand why you would have the opinion that you do if you're a fan of the Tennessee Titans. And you would say, well, look at Derrick Henry. Look at the look at the durability of Derrick Henry, 2021 being the anomaly. And it's really not like a wear injury that could have happened at any point. It's a stress fracture. It's a broken bone. Um, those kind of things are, are something that, those kind of things are something that, you know, it's not even because of the way that they... <laughs> have him or the rate that they have him carry the ball at right so like for me that's a a fluke situation that Derrick Henry's usage can't be faulted for even though Derrick Henry at some point at some point whether it's this year because he has you know he has seen a decrease in his efficiency not his production but his efficiency Derrick Henry is coming off one of the uh, I believe it's the second best rushing total of his career he was the second leading rusher in the NFL behind Josh Jacobs who again couldn't get paid uh Mr. Jones says Buck never valued Derrick Henry no you are mistaken I have said this time and time again that Derrick Henry's second contract my argument against him getting paid is as wrong as I've ever been but my argument you have to remember was not against Derrick Henry it was against his position my argument is still correct. I just picked the one guy who you cannot make the argument against. I can make the argument against Saquon Barkley. And, and I mean, to be honest with you, I can still make the argument against Derrick Henry because they did it in 2021, right? They did it in 2021. They put together a rushing attack that was fine in 2021 with Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman. Now, they can be special with Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry is still an incredible weapon. But if I wanted to still make the argument against Derrick Henry, that would be the first thing that I cite. They replaced him with two dudes that were on the street, right, for a, a just a fraction of the value. Now, Derrick Henry is, again, making a good case to be a pro football Hall of Famer. Derrick Henry is as wrong as I've ever been. They have gotten value and more out of the running back that they signed. 
But again, I say to you, the argument was correct. The argument was absolutely correct. The player that I was arguing against is the exception, not the rule. I think that when you, uh, and we'll talk about, you know, kind of Derrick Henry's foot situ- or, uh, future situation uh, throughout the course of this. And, and I do want to read you the tweet that Derrick Henry said, because the question has been fair or foul in the comment section. And the answer, you know, the answer is both. Uh, this was Derrick Henry's statement on the state of the running back position. And it's something that uh, it's something that I think would be very, very difficult for people to uh, argue against at this stage, given who Derrick Henry is and what Derrick Henry means to this league. Uh, when you look at uh, when you look at the way that both, you know, that all these guys were passed over yesterday with uh, Ezekiel a- Elliott, eight of the top 10 running backs in the NFL are not signed through the 2025 season. So Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Derrick Henry were the top five. Eight of the top 10 are not under contract beyond this year. Uh, that is what you, that's what's telling you, or that's what the NFL is telling you is that, yeah, we'll, you know, we're fine to pay these guys on the tag, but beyond that, we'll find another one to do basically the same thing. Even if it's not as good, more explosive plays come from defensive misses, right? Defensive gap misalignments or defensive missed assignments than they do from great blocking or great running back play, right? Now, you have the running back that is bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody, and that can be the home run hitter. You can specifically target those matchups on a week-to-week basis the way that the Titans have done with Derrick Henry for years. And understand that by the time that Derrick Henry, if you can get him just enough to the second level, then dudes are going to be making business decisions left and right. And you will have the opportunity to get an explosive play where most teams don't, and that's with the run. Now, it's far more efficient to try and get explosives with your passing game. And that doesn't mean that it completely invalidates Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is still a very, very important piece of this football team as long as he continues to play at a level uh, close to what he's been in the last couple of years. But I think that when you look at the situation for Derrick, um, while he is special, his position is very much interchangeable. Uh, Derrick Henry's tweet to that effect uh, from uh, from yesterday, as the deadline passed and as all these running backs uh, went without long-term deals. He said on Twitter about the situation, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they want to to give their all to an organization just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Uh, fair or foul, the answer is both. It is fair that NFL teams understand they don't have to value the running back position. And to ask them to overpay just for the sake of overpaying is not good business. It's emotional business. It is also foul because Derrick Henry is correct. He has given heart and soul to this organization. Um, It's a place that he cares about very much. Even if he's not super loud and boisterous about it, Derrick Henry loves playing here in Nashville. He loves his life. Here in Nashville, even if he spends most of his offseason in Dallas, where his uh, where his daughter uh, is, and you look at the situation and say the Titans value the running back position, but has that been the thing that's been contributing to their ceiling? There's a variety of different reasons why the Titans haven't been able to break through, but they don't have a situation 
Um, they don't have a situation in the last couple of years with Derek where they have a counterpunch. Derek's been the only thing. And I think it's proven at this point that Derek can't be the only thing, right? He's great. He's a superhuman, but he can't, he still can't be the only thing. It doesn't work like that in football. Uh, Pastor Raymond Little says, you must have an elite quarterback. We don't need or want Tannehill throwing the ball 45 times a game. No, I mean, you don't have to have an elite quarterback. You quantify, it helps, helps a lot, but like, that's a huge misnomer because to say that you have to have an elite quarterback, one, ignores the quarterbacks who have played in the past couple of Super Bowls, ignores ignores quarterbacks who have went won past Super Bowls, and ignores the path that those teams have gotten to make those players successful. You can win a Super Bowl, you can get to a Super Bowl, and by nature of getting to a Super Bowl, have the opportunity to win a Super Bowl with, you know, I would say probably the top 15 players at that position. Jimmy Garoppolo has played in a Super Bowl. Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. Guys who have you would think are not uh who are who are not regarded as the best players at their position or elite at their position have been to Super Bowls, have won Super Bowls. Really? I mean to be honest with you, Tom Brady wasn't thought of as the, as the best quarterback of his generation until such time as they went on that second stint of Super Bowl runs. Tom Brady was never regarded as the most physically talented. He was never regarded as having the strongest arm. He was regarded as being a great quarterback, but really Tom Brady was not ever put into that category until he made that category himself by nature of outlasting people. I think that when you look at the situation, um, I think that when you look at the situation, at quarterback, that's a complete misnomer and also is probably applying elite to a larger group than the term elite should be applied to. Elite, you know, how many quarterbacks are elite in the sport right now? I would I would make the argument for two, maybe three. Patrick Mahomes, and I would probably put Joe Burrow in that classification. Um, I think Josh Allen is close, but Josh Allen has some defects. I think Jalen Hurts is is probably the best quarterback in the NFC right now, but he still has some drawbacks to his game with, with you know, the kind of health and success that that roster has been able to also afford him. Josh Allen is not an elite player at this stage of the game. Josh Allen is still doing some bleep it, you know, bleep it. I'll just be bigger and faster and stronger than everybody in ways that aren't sustainable. Josh Allen is not an elite player at the quarterback position. And I think you could argue that Mahomes just kind of got there not just because he won a second Super Bowl, but because he's still improving at the position of quarterback. Herbert is not in this discussion. Lamar is not in this discussion. Plenty of guys. Aaron Rodgers is no longer in this discussion. There's plenty of players who I think you look at and say who who would be, you know, labeled elite wrongly, right? There are two elite players at that position right now. And really, I mean, you can make the argument that until Joe Burrow does more sub- substantive winning, because Joe Burrow has some drawbacks. To, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has some drawbacks to his game, too. None of these guys are perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, yeah, you, if you want to apply elite to a larger swath of players, then your defini- def- definition of elite is not, in fact, elite. Uh, Brandon says, uh, Buck, stop capping, dude. Patrick Mahomes has been an elite quarterback. He's been an incredibly talented player. He has just recently become elite. Go back and look at the way that Pat played the quarterback position this year as opposed to the way more frenetically, more out of structure, more bleep at Tyreek's down there. 
this year. He played the quarterback position, the position of playing quarterback, the nuances of playing quarterback as a high at as as at uh, I'm trying to say this correctly at as high of a level as I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play. You cannot dispute that Patrick Mahomes was the best version of himself this year, this season. And not when they're, you know, making all kinds of crazy circus plays. His athleticism has never been elite. Or, excuse me, (laughs) I said that very, very incorrectly. His athleticism has always been elite. His athleticism has always been elite. His arm talent has always been elite. The position of quarterback is more than that. And I think you saw the the best evolution of Patrick Mahomes yet this season when he's playing the quarterback more within the structure of what he's being asked to play. And again, won a Super Bowl as a result of it. There's a lot of different things. And you, uh, you may be applying, again, a wider swath of elite that is necessarily applied. There's probably only one to two elite players in the position in any given year. So take that into consideration before you go ahead and tell me that, you know, there's five quarterbacks who are elite. That doesn't, that by definition is not an elite class. That's a bunch of dudes. Uh, so let's talk about Derrick Henry's future. I've rambled on far too much at this point on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. In the comment section, if you would be so kind as to tell me uh, how you feel about the situation for Derrick Henry and his uh, future. Well, really, who do you think is the better running back right now? And I imagine many of you are biased, but that's fine. Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, or Tony Pollard. The three guys who didn't get long-term extensions are Derrick. Who's the best running back out of that bunch? We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. Right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. TrueMathFitness.com is the best place for you to go and get your first workout free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, it's the best place for you to go and get the best version of you. A new way to work out for the new you. That is what you are trying to achieve. And it just doesn't, it doesn't just mean physically. It can mean your mental state. It can mean your emotional state. It can improve your sleep habits to get on the kind of program that TrueMath Fitness provides. Whether personal training is more your bag, whether you want to work out on your own time as a member at their open gym or take their group fitness classes, TrueMathFitness.com is where you go to sign up for all of the above. All right. So. As you look at the uh, as you look at the running backs who didn't get paid, Saquon, Derek, uh, Pollard, or Josh Jacobs, last year's leading rusher. Again, Derek Henry was second. Josh Jacobs was first. Who is the best player uh, at that position? We will talk about it together, uh, as I mentioned. But I am curious to see if uh, if you guys are convinced that Derek Henry is the best running back out of that group, or if you are uh, if you are willing to negotiate. Uh, where biases might be interfering and all that. Here is the uh, the news, though, from Ian Rappaport talking about the state of the running back position that involved the other three guys who didn't get paid. I imagine the running back group thread is a uh, group text thread is probably going wild right now. And, you know, the running back market, unfortunately, is what it is. And that's what these guys are all battling. That's why it's been so hard to get a deal done because the franchise tag number has gotten lower and lower so the team's offers have gotten less and less and it's not about what the running backs deserve all these guys deserve all of the money they're all great players the problem is when the team has them for 10 million dollars how much above that is a team willing to go and then for what it's going to take some tough circumstances some really hard-minded individuals to get the running back market to where it should be and maybe Jonathan Taylor could be a guy to do it 
I mean, Jonathan Taylor gets a lot of, you know, gets a lot of discussion for having only done it truly for one year. Now that I think Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. I really do. But I think that great running backs are replaceable all the time are, are very much replaceable. Again, I think Derek, Derek Henry has literally been replaced in a season and the team that he was on went uh, and won or got to the number one overall seat. Now, Derrick Henry was not great against the Bengals, nor obviously was Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was disastrous. Derrick Henry wasn't much better. Um, but I would say uh, in that situation that this, is, uh, that this is going to be a discussion that I think is interesting among us. Now, um, for reference, Derrick Henry was fifth on ESPN. So uh, when they uh, when they interview executives, coaches, scouts, and players and combine those uh, those polls to rank the NFL's top 10 running backs for 2023, Derrick Henry came out fifth. The best of the players that I listed, uh, for reference, Tony Pollard is ninth on this list. So it goes, well, we'll go from 10 to 1. Eckler, Pollard, Dalvin Cook, who's currently a free agent, Kamara, Jonathan Taylor. That's 6 through 10. Five through one, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, and Nick Chubb. Um, I think that Derrick Henry is still capable of being at the top of this list. I think that Derrick Henry getting his second best rushing total uh, in a season behind last year's offensive line is one of the most spectacular feats that could be argued with that little help that dude going that far above and beyond to succeed. Um, he needs more help though. And as of last year, he didn't have it. Now, Derek, the fumbles were an issue last year. Again, his efficiency is down, but I think that's, you know, you could argue that the roster has really, really hurt things um, around him. The roster has really, really hurt things. And Saquon when healthy has been great. Now I would say that the durability of Derek um, really should factor in here and that it would be hard for me to put Saquon Barkley off the sample size of really what is like two and a half seasons. Um, Christian McCaffrey, whose durability has famously been lacking. Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine with Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and then Derrick Henry. I would probably put Derrick over the two other ones even though I understand that, uh, you know, McCaffrey and Saquon are going to be more uh, bigger contributors in the passing game, even though I understand uh, that uh, Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb um, are not record-setting the way that Derrick Henry has been over the course of his career. I'm talking about if we count count the durability of the players, then I think I'm fine with Nick Chubb as one. I'm fine with Josh Jacobs as two. Right now, he's younger. Uh, at this point, and I'm fine with Derrick Henry at three, but I don't think I would put Derrick any lower than three um, at that stage. Like I said, Derrick is still capable of being the best running back in football, um, and that's pretty crazy to say at 30 years old. But I would say that durability should count for something in this list. And the McCaffrey and uh, McCaffrey and Barkley, uh, that's just not been that's just not been uh, a part of the discussion. Now, there's nothing that's going to change this. An NFL team is going to have to pay somebody, right? The Colts. So, Jim Irsay could change the running back market. The Colts could overextend themselves unnecessarily, it would seem at this point, and uh, give Jonathan Taylor a contract that resets the running back market. 
it only takes one player to do that, right? And all of these guys will see that kind of spike on their next deals. They'll see the inflation as a result. Um, Indianapolis is no sure thing, though. And Jonathan Taylor's in a pretty interesting situation because he was hurt for a lot of last year. So JT uh, had a down year, says Mr. Jones. Absolutely. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has only done it for one season at this level, um, worthy of this discussion as far as I'm concerned. I think Jonathan Taylor is still a very, very talented player. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that to, you know, to put that many, that much of your eggs in the basket of JK Dobbins, who is wild to think he's, that he's owed any kind of money after having basically not played in the NFL at this point, Burton, has he played in 10 games as an NFL player at this stage? Has he actually, uh, I'm very surprised to hear that. I, I would be, I mean, I can't imagine he's played in 20. Um, based on the amount of time that that man has been injured, but I would say that it, it's a it's a very very difficult situation for them, uh, for them as a uh, a position group to lean so heavily on those two guys, especially when you know consistently uh, the durability of these guys is is questioned and rightfully so. Uh, Robert says that he played 15 in 2020. Okay, John uh, J.K. Dobbins played 15 in 2028 last year. He has missed, uh, he missed all of the 2021 season. So 15 in 2028 last year. But again, that's you know shameful <laughs> to be uh, thinking that you're worth any kind of uh, money based on your previous productivity. He has yet to prove that he can play in the NFL. He's yet to prove that he can last in the NFL. And again, longevity is is worth something. All right, uh, let's wrap things up with a gone viral video. The uh, question I want to ask you is this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together. Uh, Which SEC coach? It's SEC Media Days here in Nashville. I'm doing the show at the Grand Hyatt all week long talking about the SEC. Which SEC coach is most on the hot seat? We're going to talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch right after I remind you that primetime is presented by the incredible folks at Superbook Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZ, that's A2Z, in the Superbook Sports app, and they'll match your first bet up to $250. Nobody has better odds, boosts, and promo bets than Superbook Sports, so use that promo promo code, get that $250 free bet, and enjoy all of their great options for you to get in on the action on your favorite major sports. That's Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, one 800 889 Nine seven eight nine. Uh, Mr. Jones says Jimbo. Cody Valentine says Auburn's coach Hugh Freeze, who's in his first year. I don't think so. Uh, Derek R says Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach of Missouri, uh, at this point is most on the hot seat. Uh, there is no coach. The only thing that's protecting Jimbo Fisher at this point is his buyout. His buyout is still north of eighty-five million dollars. It's wild, uh, and that is down from I think it was like ninety-six last year or something outrageous. Either way, Jimbo is in hot water because, you know, like many of you uh, griping about your offensive coordinator situa- situation last year, uh, Jimbo Fisher has understandably had the play calling duties or is supposed to have removed the play calling duties from his list of responsibilities and turned it over to former SEC head coach Bobby Petrino. But Jimbo Fisher asked about this situation at SEC Media Days this week, gave the biggest or the most problematic answer about play calling that any Texas A&M fan could possibly have heard. 
Jimbo, you got several former head coaches on your staff. Mm -hmm. Bobby Petrino being the latest you've brought in. A lot of very, um, I guess you could say, very upfront personalities. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that in the, in the coaching staff room when a lot of people, I mean, a lot of us, including myself, wonder how that's all going to work out if it gets into a volatile situation? A volatile? Why would it be in a volatile situation? Guys, coach, have you, have you ever been in any, in any staff room that, didn't, that doesn't have arguments or disagreements? Every coaching staff in America has an argument or a disagreement. That's part of it. But no, it's just, I'm the boss. We're the boss. We'll do it at the end of the day. But you listen to everybody's opinion. Everybody can voice their opinion. I, I want guys with opinion. I want guys who have knowledge. I want guys who make you think. I want guys to create different uh, narratives that brought to the table that can help us. I think that's the, I think it's the best thing you have. And I think that's one of the reasons, some of the reasons you hired them to do different scenarios and different things like that. But as far as that, we all have great respect for each other and it's been tremendous. We've had great, we've had great response and haven't had any issues. By Petrino, I think this is the first time he's been an assistant since 2002. So he's used to calling plays, mm -hmm. being the guy in charge. You, you've been calling plays for probably mm -hmm. forever. So what's the dynamic going to be like on game day? Does he have total freedom to call the plays? And kind of how will that work? And is it hard for you to give up, you know, play calling? No, it, it, there's a lot of things, and you're still involved in what goes on. I'm not going to get into what we're doing, how we're doing it. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to avoid anything. I just don't want to create you, – you create advantages or narratives out there for what goes on. But listen, I, Bobby was hired for a reason, and he's a tremendous coach and tremendous guy and a tremendous – uh, football mind, tremendous recruit. He's done a great job recruiting since he's been there. Uh, everything he does. And uh, he'll call a lot of, I mean, hopefully he'll call the game. We'll have suggestions on things we do and whether it's offense, defense. Every coach is always involved. That's, it's a more collective thing than people want to give it room for. And then when, but when you get to call and you get on a roll, you got to have a guy that can do it. And I think Bobby can definitely do that. He doesn't as well as anybody in college football. I have great respect for me and him. I've always, we've had a great admiration for each other for a long time and his knowledge and his production and what he's done. Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo. It's just about the last thing you want to hear as a Texas A&M fan. I think even at 80, 85 something million dollars, the Jimbo Fisher, absolutely on the hot seat. It's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, really great radio show today with Ben Jones. Benny, Benny was basically there for all three hours. Uh, you should go listen to it. We talked about a lot of different stuff, including the SEC, because Ben obviously played at Georgia. Some great stories there. Uh, also, uh, Kamari Lassiter, the Georgia corner, absolute stud, um, out of Bibb County, Bibb County, Alabama, the same place that uh, Ben Jones is from and played high school football at. In fact, I think they played each other uh, at some point in their uh, in their careers, or not played each other, but did play against their respective schools. So they were very familiar with each other. It was a fun back and forth, and I think you can check that out. Well, I know you can check that out in the uh, podcast of the radio show. It's simply the Buck Rising Show, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your night. Back at it tomorrow from SEC Media Days. I'll talk to you in the a.m. at 10 a.m., as a matter of fact. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year, we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.